because we are inherently different people to our partners, we will always contain like just multitudes of difference. We will, even if we agree on certain topics, we still will see those things from different vantage points because we've had different parents, we've had different upbringings, our bodies are different. So we've inherited different things in terms of our genetics, in terms of kind of intergenerational trauma, just all sorts of things that go into the mix of who we are. And so, yeah, kind of railing against difference can be a real obstacle in relationships and people can get really stuck around needing things to be the same or for their, their partner to agree with them and to just get what they're saying. Hello and welcome to the Grounded Families podcast with me, Julia Goodall, psychologist and coach. This is a podcast for all families navigating life, love and relationships. We delve into our stories and experiences of family and how these go on to shape and change who we are. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, welcome to this week's episode. This week I wanted to do a solo chat to you about difference and about being open to difference. This is something that comes up in my work with couples and with individuals just again and again and again. So I'll preface this by saying that difference is, or being open to difference or accepting difference um, in our partners and, and even in ourselves, is not us accepting like poor treatment. It's not us accepting people speaking to us unkindly or treating us in kind of disrespectful ways. It's not about that. It's about the way that we hold different views and that because we are inherently different people to our partners, we will always contain like just multitudes of difference. We will, even if we agree on certain topics, we still will see those things from different vantage points because we've had different parents, we've had different upbringings, our bodies are different. So we've inherited different things in terms of our genetics, in terms of kind of intergenerational trauma, just all sorts of things that go into the mix of who we are. And so, yeah, kind of railing against difference can be a real obstacle in relationships and people can get really stuck around needing things to be the same or for their their partner to agree with them and to just get what they're saying. This comes up most often in parenting and in the way that we argue and also in the way that we express and have our needs met. So those are kind of the three main areas that I'll focus on that will come up with couples and individuals. So just looking at parenting a little bit, I think that this particularly can feel like such a triggering thing for people because there's something unique about parenting, particularly if it is your first your first child. We are parented or not parented, as the case may be, but we have an experience or lack of parenting that that we've kind of grown up with. And so we come to parenting with all sorts of like hugely emotional um, needs, um, either for things to be different in the way that we were parented or for things to be the same, for things to feel safe. And in order for them, we sometimes feel like if we need something to be safe, it has to be the same or totally different. And so we get stuck in these kind of binaries around what's important um, for our children and for us as parents and for us as partners. And because there's almost no dialogue around things like this, 
when we are little we don't have the language for it and we don't we aren't kind of taught how to parent all we have is this kind of map of the way we were parented and we're either creating our new one or we are following that same map and what happens because parenting is so linked to our kind of early experiences of being parented or not being parented that it's linked to our attachment and attachment is linked to safety and safety is very much experienced in the body and so when you have conversations about like sleep or feeding or comfort or whatever it is um setting boundaries with kids is all sorts of things that feel incredibly evocative to partners and so when you're even having these conversations your nervous system can become like pretty dysregulated if you've had difficult experiences in these areas and to have your kind of perspective on how parenting should happen I'm using air quotes can feel really threatening and I feel (laughs) really belaboring this point but the point is that our bodies will be experiencing like a perceived risk and so they'll be experiencing this as like a dangerous situation that unless we do it this way or unless we never do that this feels really really unsafe and I don't know if I can be in a partnership with someone who parents like this or I don't know if I can um, tolerate this happening with my kids um, and so what also happens is that because our nervous system can be kind of really activated the frontal cortex the neocortex of our brain is much more likely to be offline which makes conversations like doubly difficult because we're not connecting um, through that part of our brain so yeah it's kind of like a perfect storm for um, conflict and for feeling unheard and unseen. And so, yeah, I say with, with parents who are struggling with things like this, it's really to kind of take a step back, take a deep breath and and really think about what's actually happening for each of them. And it's useful to think about what's like the way you were parented and to have discussions around that, not as a way of sort of changing the other's mind or Um, but rather just to share like why this is so important to you or what is so difficult for you about um, this particular thing, whether it's like sleep or feeding or whatever it is, but those are often big ones. And, And share a little bit about the feeling underneath rather than just getting stuck on like the content of, unless we put our children to bed at this time in this way, it's not gonna work or we, my husband always laughs about his parents always used to say like making a rod for your own back it's like those real old school ideas of parenting that if we do a particular thing we are uh, creating particular patterns anyway so yes thinking about what it is that happened for you and what it is that happened for your partner and coming to a better understanding of why this thing is important to you and then taking a break. So don't even within the same conversation try to share things like this and then come to a new agreement between the two of you. Um, and also to start these conversations knowing that you might not come to any agreement in the duration of the time you need to deal with this thing. And I think that's really, really important is that you may never agree with this thing, like agree on it, um, and that's actually okay. But what you do need to find is some sort of middle ground where it's comfortable for both of you to kind of proceed and to parent. Um, And that can mean quite a lot of discussion, quite a lot of backward and forwarding um, and experimenting around what works for your family, what feels safe 
um, and what feels like something you just can't that you you just can't do. Um, so yes, that's it's a really big one. I am actually putting together a workshop for parents around dealing with difference and um, thinking about parenting in such different ways and things like really practical things that they can do together you know to find this middle ground and to find a way that both of them can feel kind of calm and connected to the way that they are parenting even if that's different one of the things that I'll talk about is um, allowing each partner to bring different things so because we're different people we'll have different strengths and and different things that we find difficult and to kind of tag team each other around things that are easier versus um, things that we both struggle with. So make use of people's strengths. If you um, if you find bath time easy and you don't feel kind of overwhelmed and tired at that time of day, let the, that parent do bath time and using difference within our relationships as a like an expansive and a a positive thing rather than um, something that we always need to be kind of combative about so yes that I'll release that soon I think I'll just do it as a live workshop that people can join and ask questions and hear a little bit more about specifically parenting and um, coping with difference then another thing that people often bring is difference in terms of arguing that people will have different argument styles they will communicate in different ways again because they've been brought up differently have different associations with what's okay and acceptable and the way that they have always got their point across and what I say um, to couples with who are really kind of struggling with arguing and when I say struggling with arguing I mean arguments that just get stuck and then escalate so that both or one of you is kind of really dysregulated and you know you're no longer in a productive space and so what I say to couples like that is to think less about winning and more about sharing needs and coming to like moving into a position of curiosity and moving towards understanding so we may never understand what's happening for our partner and that's kind of okay but if we can communicate to them that we are actively trying to understand then sometimes that can be enough. That can be enough to kind of settle our partner to feel like, okay, I'm not kind of alone in this and someone is trying to understand what my experience has been. And that can really kind of diffuse things and, and again, make it less combative. So some people will argue in a way that they might be quite forceful, feeling like I have to force my opinion onto somebody else, otherwise they won't hear me. And so what you are doing by kind of promoting understanding and being open to that difference is you're saying, I don't like the way that you are speaking to me or I don't like the way that you are um, engaging with me right now, but I am very open to hearing what it is you want to say. And again, this might take lots of kind of practice and having times when you both get a little overwhelmed and then you have a break, at least 30 minutes to an hour um, when you start to feel like that because it'll take that long for your nervous system to regulate again and until that's happened there's just no point continuing so don't feel like you have to finish these arguments you'll come back to them and sometimes we'll have the same argument over a period of 10 years <laughs> that's okay um, nothing's gone wrong so yeah and then other people find it really difficult again if they're dysregulated to speak and to get like their words out and to get their point across 
And so those people within a couple can often really feel resentful or just get really angry even at the suggestion of an argument. Do you know what I mean? And those are the the people in relationships that might withdraw and might um, kind of shut down if they feel that they aren't kind of practiced at having themselves heard or making their, you know, their case or whatever it is. And so if you have a conversation together about the way in which you argue, and sometimes I'll say to couples, it's like rules of engagement. And you'll say, like, these are kind of the ground rules for our arguments. I, I don't like to be shouted at whatever it is that you decide that works for your couple. So couples will do this so differently. So don't try to model yourself on, you know, the way other people do it, because that also is is kind of pointless because we have different needs. So have your kind of rules of engagement, um, decide what arguments might look like and when you'll need to take a break. You can also have a kind of safe, like a safe word or a safe kind of sentence that you say to each other that signals like I'm not in a good place in this conversation anymore and I'm starting to either withdraw or I can feel myself getting really angry or whatever it is that happens for you. Um, and you know that the kind of subtext to that safe word or safe sentence, whatever it is, the subtext is that I'm not kind of abandoning you or I'm not not listening, but I'm finding it really hard to kind of receive this information right now and I need a break. My nervous system is overwhelmed. I need a break. And then you come back to those things. Um, I think there's also this really strange idea that was kind of handed down, I suppose, about not going to bed angry and that um, as couples that's kind of detrimental in some way Um, and I just disagree. I think that sometimes you just need sleep and rest and a break from that conversation and that when you come back to things you've both had time to to kind of rest and integrate and yeah it can make those conversations so much more fluid and so much more productive when you go back to them. So yeah, don't be afraid to take like proper breaks from things. It's important not to just disappear from the conversations though. So you could say, could we talk about this again like tomorrow or in an hour's time or this evening? So that particularly if you have a partner that's sensitive to being kind of fubbed off or being abandoned, that they have a sense of when you'll address this, that you're not just, you're not shutting down or shutting them out, but you're just saying, I can't do this right now. I can't continue with this. Then another kind of area in which people experience difference and find difference difficult is around needs. So again, because we're different people, different experiences, different lives and different makeup that we'll have, we'll have different needs in relationships, um, different needs around the way that we express like love and affection and anger and all sorts of things. And also the way that we're able to receive those things. So, and hardly ever, I'd say, these are matched. Hardly ever do I sit with a couple and they say, in conflicts, both of us just need um, like a hug or we both need reassurance. There's almost always that we are kind of complimentary with our partners rather than, and I know it doesn't always feel complimentary, but that we are, um, we have different needs and um yeah so that's nothing to worry about and that's that's not kind of a deal breaker for relationships and for making relationships work if anything it makes it easier um because it opens us up to less assumption so when you have similarities 
there might be less argument around things, but there's also much more assumption. So if you agree on certain things, you assume that you think about something in the same way as your partner does. And actually, when you have difference, there's much more openness, there's much more curiosity, um, and you are far less likely to assume what your partner has thought or understood or said or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I often sort of reassure couples around that is that difference and need is is the same. It's not it's not bad. Keeps you open to each other in a totally different way. So the first thing around needs is that you actually need to know what they are. And <laughs> it sounds really obvious, but a lot of people don't. They don't know what it is that they're needing in a situation because they've never been guided through that before. They've never been um like their attention's never been directed to it. And so they can feel overwhelmed, but they're not actually sure what it is that they need. So that's kind of the first step is thinking about what do I actually want in those moments? Do I want um, to be left alone? Do I need to take a break? Do I need to go to bed? Like in that moment, are you arguing also because you are tired or because you're overwhelmed or because your day has been just too long and too overwhelming? Or is it because you really care about the thing that you're talking about? So, yeah, think about in those moments, what is it, like, what do I need right now? And what do you need more generally? So what do you need from your partner in those moments? And then the next step is communicating that. So to say, I find this really difficult or, you know, I know that we are different in this way, but in these sorts of situations, I really need to talk this through with you or I really need not to talk about it because I need to get things clear in my head. Or I need like physical affection and I need that kind of regularly or I find physical affection really difficult when I'm feeling overwhelmed and it's not that I don't want to be near you it's just that my body feels overwhelmed and that can be a sign again that your nervous system is really dysregulated but to communicate those sorts of things they're like real granular bits of those arguments and to say in these moments this is what I need and this is also like long work. In some ways, it's relatively simple in the sense that when you get to it, it just, you get it. But also it can take sort of, I don't know, again, 10 years of arguing to get to a point where you understand, okay, this is what I need. This is what my partner needs. These things may be at odds in this moment. And so then we revert to looking after ourselves and, and then joining up back like the next day or this um, later that evening whatever and being okay with that that if our if our needs are different and if we aren't able to meet the needs of our partner in that moment and and vice versa that that doesn't mean that they don't love us or they don't care or they um just love fighting with us it's something to do with their experience in that moment so we're also not kind of personalizing those things too much um, and making them mean something about our relationship when what's in front of us is actually just like a body under stress or a mind under stress and not to yeah to kind of catastrophize that and say that it means our relationship will never work or we're so poorly suited or whatever it is that kind of people say to themselves in those moments of disconnection when they just feel so far away from each other and then make it mean something terrible and something kind of catastrophic. So, yeah, to remind yourself in those moments also that our feelings are, like our feelings are not our fault, but they are 
our responsibility to manage. And I think that's, yeah, really key in knowing that our feelings will come and go. Some of them will be uncomfortable. Some will be enjoyable. But whether they are enjoyable or uncomfortable, they will always end. And that in those moments of dysregulation, you can be comforted by that, that this is difficult and feels a bit shit now, but it's not going to last forever. And we will join up with each other again and it will be okay. So, yeah, I think... Another thing is that it's really important and I think really helps people to think about when you're feeling kind of stuck in these opposing roles is that two like really opposing feelings and needs and experiences can be true at once. That the truth or experience of one partner doesn't mean that it has to be the same in the other, that we can have very different needs, very different wishes very different take on the same situation and yeah nothing's gone wrong there's no there's no problem in that and in fact when you begin to expect that and you begin to expect that we will always read situations in a different way because we have different lenses and yeah we don't have to win arguments we don't have to focus on being the most right or like claiming the truth of something that your experience is true for you as your partners is true for them and they're not actually in conflict they're just different and once people really grasp that I think it can be such a relief to go like oh your kind of truth on something is not a threat on mine that both of them can exist and they can coexist and yeah it's okay so yes I think I'll actually leave it there Um, I hope you have a wonderful week and if you have any thoughts about difference or experiences of it that have been difficult or hard to kind of work through, I, yeah, work with couples and individuals on these sorts of things all the time and if you would like to start a process with me, you can look at my website or find me on Instagram, all my links are there and I'd love to set up a call with you and have a conversation with you to see how I could work with you and we could work together. But yes, have a lovely week and I'll chat to you soon. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to get in touch, I'm on Instagram at grounded underscore families. You can send me a DM or a voice note to my DMs or an email. I'd so love to hear from you. Please do like, share and subscribe this podcast. It really, really helps to get the podcast out in front of more listeners. And I'll see you again next week. Take care. Bye.